Hustle with Pat, Alex, and Cody. Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of the Hustle Sports Podcast. And we have a full house today. Myself, Cody, Alex is back with us after taking an episode off. And Pat, the, the trusty Pat, the editor Pat, the producer Pat, the man who really makes this whole thing go, go, Mr. Pat. And uh, boys, it's going to be some fun stuff today. We have the topics for today. We're talking about NC State and how... Whether do we believe the NCAA handled their whole situation correctly? And then we have a list of a top, the top five most exciting athletes today. So to begin things off, Pat, we'll go to you first. NC State had a couple COVID cases in the College World Series, made it all the way there. They played a game in which they had, I believe, eight available players, and then they had to make a pitcher play first base and they played Vanderbilt, lost, and then that next day at 2 a.m., the NCAA put out a little post that said that their season was effectively done. Pat, was that handled correctly or poorly on the end of the NCAA? If anyone says it's handled correctly, I will fight them. I will come out. I'm coming out swinging early on this episode. That is one of the most disgraceful things I have ever seen. And I believe there's 13 plays that they had in the roster. And so you're not far off from eight, Cody. So they they played game one. Then they dealt through game two playing with 13 people. And then going into the decisive game three, that's when it, it becomes too dangerous. That's when it becomes too dangerous. After you already put these two teams together, after they already mixed together. And to me, the worst part about it is not even 24 hours later. The NCAA, across their social media, had a post saying that they were so grateful to have almost 29,000 fans in attendance. No distancing, no mass required, nothing. So not only did they ruin the biggest, like, mar- the biggest story of the tournament, that an unseeded NC State was made it all the way to the Final Four and was playing one of the most dominant teams in Vanderbilt, and had a good and had a decent chance at winning that series. But then they turn around, they end it, and then they gloat about how many people are there. Even though the four players were all fully vaccinated, and they just they shot themselves in the foot again. And I just feel so bad for these NC State players. I mean, this is just I don't know how many times the NCAA is gonna make mistakes like this. Because when I first heard this story. It made me think back to March when we saw the photos of the women's basketball like locker rooms and their equipment and their like pride, like gift baskets and whatnot compared to the men. Like the men had basically a full gym with like 20 squat racks and everything else. The women had some dumbbells. That was it. And like, I don't know how many times the NCAA is going to keep messing up. This might, this might be the worst one yet. Because they, I mean, they took away from themselves, too. This isn't like the first round of the tournament. This is their, your final four. And as we speak, as of this recording, the finals is on right now on ESPN. And it's all anyone can talk about. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, they, they, so they had four pitchers and they had nine position players. 
that was that was it and so in 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 nc state had uh in their like storied career uh it was what the manager's been there 20 years uh and he has seen uh uh three trips to the ncaa college world series and this was the first time they were ever going to uh, be reaching you know the final four and everything like that um and you know that it, it's uh you know and the seniors had already had a season of, of theirs taken away and to be just stripped of this run where they already had just beaten arkansas who uh was looking to be you know the, the only team to be able to combat uh vanderbilt's uh you know uh, duo um <clears throat> Uh, they were, they had a chance. They really did. But at the end of the day, they, uh, the COVID protocols and everything like that, it was already set in place and you, you weren't going to, you weren't going to lift the mandate for a positive test just because of a Cinderella story, because at the end of the day, you know, it, as much as anyone wants to say the NCAA's narrative is how much they care about the players uh, they weren't if they would have just like let that go under the rug it, you're talking about a hellfire the hellstorm they would have met at that point uh, with that in comparison to to this what they've already because this is just expecting this is just expected of the ncaa like it really is for them to for them to just go in there and just pretty much like just use their hand of god and just be like no i'm sorry this, this is not working anymore um but if they would have let it, it would have just like swept it on the rug, the scandals and everything like that, that would have came out later on. I, I mean, in, my, in mind you, of course, as you guys, you guys said it, vaccinated players and everything like that. Sure. It, all of that stuff, that stuff's not going to be the stuff that's talked about later on. The stuff that's talked about later on is the, the sweeping under the rug of, of multiple positive cases, uh, even in a post uh, vaccinated, uh, you know, college world series. Um, so, you know, My biggest issue with it is that the health department that the NCAA put in charge of the tournament, they basically said, like, you could have played that game. That game could have gone on. Like, they they told the NCAA, like, you could have moved on with it and it would have been safe. And then they still took away from it. I mean, I just feel so bad for those kids that, like, we seemingly have kind of put code behind us for the most part. And just there's one more year. I mean – these kids are probably clinging on to any last memories of any so in hopes to get any kind of games back and have like a senior year or anything. I know Cody just graduated. I know Cody's college career got derailed and everything from announcing and whatnot. Um, and obviously, I know Cody, you're probably dying to get back into the, into basketball games and calling games and everything. But I mean, I can't imagine for these athletes and like they could have done it and they didn't. So that that was my biggest issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and once again, we we all are going to have our personal vendettas against the NCAA for taking it away from us, of course. Uh, like you know, but once again, it, it it's it's just you can't just like overlook the the protocol just you know just because they're on an incredible run. Which of course, if, if you know any of us are in power, we're saying fuck the damn rule. I'm I'm putting them through, and they're playing the whole damn series out and. You know, mind you, as we've talked about, they had a serious chance of winning. Uh, you know that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is just you know, it would it would have made a story, but you know, once again, it would have because positive cases are positive cases at the end of the day. Yeah, I think 
uh, I, I see where both of you are heading. And I think there are truths to both sides of that statement. Um, I think, yes, you know, they had the, the protocol in place. NC State hit the protocol. So, yeah, they're done. Makes sense. And I also see the, you know, that's, it's, you know, dumb to just take these guys season away after a whole year and a half of what everyone's been through. And I think the real issue here is if, like Pat was saying, if that, you know, people in charge of the health, I think what's, what's fucky here, which is now a new word that it now exists. Cause I just said it right now is that how are you going to no, have that, that existed? Well, now it definitely does, but how are you going to have these rules like that for the players? But then you have all these people in Omaha, Nebraska, just kissing each other. Like that's where the thing is. Yeah. Where the rules fine, but that's where the beginning of this whole thing encapsulates. It was the be- making of these protocols and rules. And now I'm, I have been over the past year and a half, very like relaxy on COVID, not like the I'm relaxed on COVID, but it's a thing. It's a threat, and I think we should take it seriously. And I, I was an advocate of not having college athletics at all uh, until January. I didn't think the college football season should have been played with all the people who are getting uh, sick and, you know, the no one really knows the long-term effect of it, and especially these players not getting paid, like subjecting college kids to just get COVID because it makes you money, I thought was immoral and wrong. They end up going along with it. Alabama won a championship, so hooray, but, like, whatever. The NCAA is going to protect the product at the end of the day. The NCAA yeah, is exactly. going to protect 100%. the product at the end of the day, and they're not going to care about the fans. They're not going to care about the fans. Like, they, they honestly are – as much money as they're going to be able to rake in, they do not care about the va- vaccination cards and the mask mandate and everything like that. What they care about is the people, the managers are wearing their masks, the managers are vaccinated, everyone is vaccinated in those dugouts, everyone is wearing the mask when they're in the dugouts other than the players. Like, you're, you're talking about all of these precautions – they're still taking uh, the NCAA once again. They're, they're not gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna let as many people as they can in. They want as much money as they can in. Oh, at the end of the day, it's it's discouraging because I think that yeah, that's agree. where their heads at. It's not the, right. It's not for the athletes, and especially now right. with all the money things. And hopefully, we have an episode about that because I've been waiting yeah, for years. Know to yell at the NCAA because I hate them really, truly, which is funny because, like, I'm working for them kind of. So it's fun. But it's, <laughs> it's upsetting because, like, their head is in that space where you don't give a yeah, shit about the fans. We're going to get that money anyway. And they don't really take account of the players. So they have these super strict protocols, which I think are fair. But I think mm-hmm. if these, these protocols were, like, September protocols. Like in mm-hmm. September when there weren't, wasn't a vaccine like that. Sure. But now where these mm-hmm. players are vaccinated. So I believe of, I think of the kids who got them, at least half of them were vaccinated. I believe if mm-hmm. I, if I read that right. And with the vaccine, like you're not going to spread it. You basically have it on you, but it doesn't affect you. So I, you know, I think they should have played. I think it's kind of messed up. What I think is wrong is how they try to like squeak out their like press release at like two in the morning. Yeah. That was the yeah. most bullshit thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. 2.30 in the morning. 2.30 in the morning. That Twitter post at 2.30 in the morning or just 
2.15, sorry, 2.15 a.m. was when that, that Twitter post got posted. Like, and wow. that is, that, wow. I mean, like, wow. wow. You really can't make that kind of stuff. You can't make that kind of, for a, for a, for a, for a whole committee that brings in over like billions of dollars a year, I, you can't, you can't make up having a social team, a social media team that's so like unaware of just everything to be like, oh, let's see if we can get this one out at a time when no one else is going to be on see if they like just don't because they knew they were wrong because they knew they were wrong for it right right right. exactly exactly and that's the thing that's why that's what makes the situation so much worse because the actual act of it actually isn't that bad the rules in place that they made keep the players safe forever and it matched the criteria and they booed him from the tournament because they wanted to keep everyone safe. But what mm-hmm. makes it horrible and awful is all the things surrounding the act. It's the, the thought, Oh, let's have 9 million fans in the stand, basically, you know, kissing each other mm-hmm. while COVID's around maskless, having fun drinking, but make sure yeah. these players basically be in a prison when yeah. they're all mostly vaccinated anyway. Like they're just playing amongst each other. So if they got it, then they're you know it's it's not like it's just oh brand new like you stopping the tournament isn't right. going to stop it from circulating. All you did was kind of just yeah. put a band aid over a situation when there's a bleeding pipe. Like that's not going to fix yeah. itself. And then knowing how shameful it was, what they're doing, and then just trying to get it past us, that's what's disgusting yeah. about the whole thing, and that's what's really the yeah. issue here. It's the act is. However you want to, like Alex said, however you want to talk about how it's ripped from the players. And, you know, I've been an athlete that I didn't play all my senior season because of injury. It sucks. Obviously, not at the level of these guys who some of them might be pro, but most of them won't be pro. This is their last chance of athletics before they have to go into the real world and do whatever it is, you know, that they want to do. This is their last chance to make those memories. And it it sucks that it's taken from them. But it sucks more of why the overarching – uh, theme of why it was taken from him. Mm-hmm. I want to pose a little bit of like a stranger hypothetical. I'm not going to say this is the entire reason as to why they canceled the game, but do you think the fact that NCC was playing against Vanderbilt had anything to do with it? And the fact that Vanderbilt has two guys who are projected to go in the top four in the drafts, which I believe is next month. So you get more national exposure. And because like, I don't personally, as a Red Sox fan, I'm very interested to watch Jack Leiter, who could easily fall to us and see what, like, what he can do. And I don't follow college baseball, but I'll watch the World Series and like the finals and whatnot for it. So, do you think that had any inkling of a thing to do with this decision? Uh, I, I just, I just. Mm. No, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I, I think a Cinderella story yeah. is more exciting because while, yeah, yeah you're right. The, of the college baseball I watched, it was basically Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter starts. I watched, like, I don't watch college yeah. baseball, you know, religiously, like every once in a while. I, I'll watch two or three games a year in the beginning, right before, you know, spring training starts when they start and I'll, I'll catch one on ESPN one night or something. But like this was the first year that I actively was like kind of keeping up with it um, because of Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Cause even coming into the year, I was like, they're filthy and they're awesome. And I want to watch them. And then on top of like Pat, you said for me as a Red Sox fan, you know, go Sox. 
Lighter and Rocker are, are for the most part, at least one of them is going to be there at four. And I would love them to pick them. All A lot of the mock drafts are having Lighter go to four to Boston. A lot of things are saying Lighter wants to go to Boston. A lot of things have Kamar Rocker sliding to like six to Arizona. So obviously I do want to watch. But I also think if people are already there to watch Lighter and Rocker, and then they have this NC State team, who's ripping them and, you know, hitting home runs mm-hmm. off them and winning. And they're like, oh, wow, this team is ridiculous. Then they stay to watch more. So I think you're going to get the same turnout anyway. I don't think you're, you're winning any, any over, you're not winning over any more fans or losing any fans that you had. Because even me, again, someone who loves sports so much, especially baseball, like I just don't have that college baseball like need because professional baseball is on at the same time. I just rather watch that. But I don't. I don't think so. I think they had the rules in place, and that was just what they did. But they just know that they're bad about it. I don't think there was any like underlying trickery there. Yep. I don't right. know. I wouldn't have been shocked if it like if it was like one percent of the decision making. I'm not gonna say like it was enough to sway the decision making if they're up against like. I don't even know who's in the tournament, to be honest with you. But, like, if it was some, like, lower team or whatnot. But I wouldn't be as shocked, like, hey, it's a little bit of a cherry on top if we can move Vanderbilt up just a tiny bit just to get a little bit more buzz going because, like, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are clearly on the MLB path. And Vanderbilt is, mm-hmm. like, the Alabama of college baseball, seemingly. So yeah. I would have been shocked if it just – weighed a little bit but it wasn't it was just like a, a like the it's kind of like in a trade like when a team like sends cash it's like it's not really worth much but like it's a tiny bit of something sometimes if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so i think mm-hmm. overall i think we were disgusted with what happened i think if you're if we're gonna say yes yeah. no to the i think we have two no's or two yeses wait Two of us. One yes, it was handled properly. Two knows that it was not handled properly. Properly. And then on to our next segment, which could take us a little bit. So it might be our last segment. Depends. We have the top five most entertaining athletes today. And before we get anyone else's lists, we have one viewer out there, one listener out there, um, said Fernando Tatis Jr. on our Twitter page. Uh, at Hustle Sports Pod, so make sure to, to like that plug. You guys like that plug I, I snuck in there? Look at that. Uh, so follow follow that page. Uh, about every day we post a, a poll on either past arguments we've had um, or future arguments we're going to get into uh, and debates we're going to get to. And you can um, uh, chime in and, and say your, um, your thoughts here. And who is the most entertaining athlete in sports today? We have Fernando Tatis Jr. from a, a viewer, but I'm going to say he's my honorable mention. and He doesn't crack my top five list. Ooh. Wow. Yes, we'll start with number Yeah, five. I think. Mm-hmm. And for my number five, yeah. I listed Patrick Mahomes. And now the reason I have Patrick Mahomes five and Fernando Tatis off of the list is while he is the one of the most, I would say, the second most entertaining player in baseball, and we'll get to the most entertaining player in baseball pretty soon. Um, football is just such a bigger sport than baseball right now, unfortunately. 
Um, at least like I love baseball. I love everything about Fernando Tatis Jr. I love everything that he does. He's historic on a path to a store. He's on a path. He's like offensively, like on the a rod trajectory in terms of shortstops. Like he is going to pass every single shortstop by like his eighth year in the show. If he keeps up this pace, like he is absolutely electric, fantastic. One of the best players to watch in sports, but football is just way more popular. You go onto the street and say, who's Patrick Mahomes and who's Fernando Tatis Jr. You're going to get a lot more Patrick Mahomes than Tatis's. And the fact that Mahomes is one of those guys where I've watched a lot of his games as my mom being a Kansas City Chiefs fan since like the 80s. She finally gets a team. Sorry that's good. to hear that. No, I tell her all the time um, that I'm also sorry for her. Um, but she has Patrick Mahomes now. So I get to watch a lot of Patrick Mahomes and I do anyway. And every time I watch him play, he does something that just makes my jaw drop. Either this pass or the, the sidearm passes, these no look passes, these lefty, like what he's doing is incredible. Add that to he's on the biggest sport in America and also the most important position in all of sports period. I have to go Patrick Mahomes five. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Cody. I, I think Pat Mahomes is electric. I really do. And my pick at my five pick is very similar to yours. Pat Mahomes was not on my top five, but his number one option is my five. I'm going with Tyree Kill. Ah, that's interesting. I do not condone his criminal past, and I do not like him as a person, not even a little bit. But you look him at him on the field, he's the fastest guy league-wide. They call him the cheetah for a reason. Watching a guy with that blazing speed, watching him go off a route, it's legitimately like watching the Olympic track and field like trials and whatnot. Like the man just takes off. You, No one can guard him because he's just so quick. And even when they double him, he runs right by them. And this, I mean, he's just always seemingly is, is open. Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league by far who has a cannon of an arm. And Tyreek Hill is so fast, he has to sometimes stop and wait for those balls to land. And never mind, he's also one of the best punt returners that we've seen in a very long time. So, like, he can – and I think personally that's, like, kickoff and punt returns are two of the more, like, exciting plays within a football game. I, I really just think they're a lot of fun to watch for the most part. He's very good at those. His speed is second to none. A lot of my list is speed-based. I just have a thing for fast players because I think – being able to do things at a faster speed than others is just insane to watch. It's like when you see that special guy turn it on and just do laps around people and because speed, speed kills and you can't really teach it. So I'm going to kill number five. So is cars your favorite Pixar movie? It is certainly up there. I actually, my number one pick is actually a bug, a bug's life, but cars would probably be in the top five. That's a wild pick to, for number one Pixar movies. We might have to get into that. We might have to be not sleep on a bug's life. I love a bug's life. I will fight for that ant for those ants any day of my life. I just hate ants in general. So, Alex, you're number five most exciting athlete today. Oh man, um, yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna go with someone like. Because I feel like this is something that I I just kind of when I 
when I put them on, I just kind of end up getting stuck and I'm, and I'm, and I just end up, and I just end up watching like entire match. And, um, I feel like it's, I feel like it's someone like Nadal. Uh, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's Nadal. Uh, and I was, because I was trying to think of, of, of someone, I was trying to think of how everyone like encapsulate, encapsulates my attention. And I just remember watching his like old Federer matchups all the time. And then more recently, uh, his, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, the d he starts with the d um uh, there you go there you go him their their big matchups and everything like that more recently have been absolutely uh you know show-stopping so i um you know i think i'm gonna go with the doll i think i'm gonna go in the doll for my number five I like the pick. Uh, sorry cody not to cut you off but i like the pick i am a tennis player played in high school whatnot i love the tennis love you just gave Personally, I would have gone Federer over Nadal. That's just my preference, but I, I love the tennis. Retired. Ball. Retired. Did he? Retired, bro. Sorry. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Then. All right. And then, no, that's still that's a very good pick. Very, very good pick. All right. So up to number four, this is my another debate in my head between this and this guy, another honorable mention, the sport of basketball. I decided to make Kevin Durant my honorable mention and Steph Curry my number four pick. And here's why. Now, that was just who I was thinking. Per- personally, I I love watching Kevin Durant more. I think just because you know, like he is probably the most unstoppable scorer I've ever seen in my lifetime, and he's definitely top five just pure scores in NBA history. And he's still doing it. We saw this playoff run. We've talked about him already a couple times on the show. What he does doesn't make sense. To be as big as he is and do what he does doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. However, the pick, I mm-hmm. think, is Steph Curry. I think mm-hmm. especially how wrapped our heads are all wrapped around this three-point revolution because of this man. And when I tell you 2016 Curry might have been the most fun player to ever watch ever in the history of basketball, it's not for no reason. This dude was getting 45 through three quarters and then sitting on the bench and laughing at you the entire time. He played like 12 minutes mm-hmm. a game because he was done. He just checked in, mm-hmm. scored 30, and then just checked out like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he we saw him this year just go nuclear, being like really the only true player, mm-hmm. offensive weapon on his team. Andrew Wiggins had a, a, a good season. I'll give him that. But Steph Curry was that superstar, and he carried that team into that mm-hmm. play where they unfortunately lost to LeBron um, and the Grizzlies. But Curry just – he does things, and it doesn't make sense. Like, when he's hot, oh, boy. Like, you have to guard him from three-quarters court. He's shooting from everywhere. He can drop you. He's a really underrated finisher, too. He can get in the lane and do it. He's just an exciting player, and he finds his way number four on my list. I um I just have to say also I have to add a kind of an honorable mention to my my number five, and I just have to say uh, I think Nadal's counterpart is uh, is just Serena Williams. I just have to say I, I just the uh, the match with Osaka was just absolutely electrifying, and uh, I just I just had to give her her credit. Um, but yeah, and also just really quickly, my number four, and for all the same exact reasons, I mean I could not have said it better myself. I, Steph Curry is also my number four. Wow! All right. Well, 
Now, do you guys do you guys want to do it so like maybe do honorable mentions at like the end, just so, like we don't ruin like each other's draft boards? I feel like up toward the top we might yeah. have people. Well, I'm there. done with all my my only two other guys. Yeah, I was, I was about to say okay. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna have. Okay, all right. So uh, my four spot. It, this is really hard because I, I just came up. I came up with six names. So figuring out the order of this is really really hard. I feel like he could go higher, but number four. I'm going to actually take Tiger Woods. This man is pretty much, like, yep. honestly, how many other golfers can you name? And, like, pretty much throughout my lifetime, he has been the face of golf, not only because he's a great golfer, he's fun to watch because it's golf, also just, like, the controversy that surrounds him and everything else. And now, like, <laughs> like his PR, like, plot twist left and right is something else. And, like, he is just iconic. He's one of the best golfers ever, if not the best. That maybe we can debate that someday. But, and everyone knows on Sundays you wear red. That's what he does. He's been out there with his son lately. He hits nukes. He's very good. The whole like, well, is Tiger back thing after his back injuries and whatnot. I think if you're going to watch golf, if for whatever reason, if you put on the golf channel, you see that one guy ready to go, hey, I finally know somebody, and it's Tiger Woods. I don't exactly think golf is the most electrifying game, but he's the face of golf, and he's the only reason I even, like, have a recollection of anything regarding it. I remember one of my – when Tiger's won his last Masters a couple years ago, Masters Sunday was when I, we were still in school. I was calling a baseball game. It was – there was a baseball game on that I was calling – then the Red Sox were playing the Orioles, and then I think it was Pacers-Celtics run. So we're watching – like, everyone in the booth were watching all four of those games, including the one I was calling, and we just were watching Tiger. Like, yep. we didn't even pay I, – I didn't even know what pitchers were being thrown. I was just saying things to make people at home feel like I was there. I wasn't even watching the game I was supposed to be for work, you know, to in further my – I was yeah. watching Tiger Woods play golf. So that's, that's, a, that's yep. a fun – uh, number four. So for my number three, oh, did you mention your honor? You want to just get your honorable mention? Oh, sure. My honorable mention. Oh, I really can't do it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put Nathan McKinnon in my honorable mention. The it's kind of similar to Nathan to Tyler Kill. Like his speed is undoubted. He, in my opinion, he's the second best hockey player on earth. He carries the one of the best team in the league league wide. He can do everything, and I mean literally everything. He is a and the thing is, his puck handling and his passing and everything gets better when he goes faster. Normally, like, your stick handling gets worse when, like, you're going full speed. He gets better. And you don't see that from anybody. So, Nathan McKinnon, unfortunately, has to be six. I, at one point, I had him as high as three. Uh, so, I got to drop him to six just because the rest of this list, I can't get over it. All right. So, those are our lynches that we – honorably threw all over the place. I hope you're keeping track. Number three <laughs> for me has to be Shohei Otani. I think I it has to be Shohei Otani. Um, that's, and that's the reason why I think Tatis didn't make the list because of Otani's year this year. And if Otani had another year where he was hurt and whatever, then no. But he just hit another home run tonight. So leading the league in home runs, as well being a well above average starting pitcher. I think he's like, one of the tops in the league at K's per nine. Like, he has one of the lowest ERAs. Like, he's just absolutely – what 
and what if Shohei Otani was doing was a 750 OPS dude and uh you know a four ERA guy, what he would be doing would be ridiculous. But the fact that he's like an a thousand OPS dude, a dude and a 2.5 ERA guy, on top of being one of the best strikeout dudes in the game, on top of being one of the most best power hitters and fastest players, like he's that kid we, we grew up playing with in Little League who was just better than everybody else for no reason, and he pitched and he hit and he ran and he fielded and he did everything at an above-average level when you're like, well, this guy could probably, like, you know, play in college one day. That's what it's like watching Shohei Otani play against other, like, best players in the world. Like, he's just had, a, a, like, the most talented player in baseball, easily. Talent and best player is different. We argued Mike Trout. Uh, last week, and it still is Mike Trout, but Otani's right there with what he's doing on the pitcher's mound on top of what he's doing in the batter's box is absolutely ridiculous and should never, ever be feasible at this level. And it sucks because he's going to ruin it for everybody else who's going to try to do it because they're not going to do it as good as him. But I, I, I'm scouring the internet and looking at illegal streams every time he's pitching because I want to see him pitch, then I want to see him hit and then, like, every time they feature the Angels ever on TV, I have to watch. Like, I would rather watch a Shohei game than a Red Sox game right now. And as, as like, the mm-hmm. biggest Red Sox fan on the face of the planet, like, that's – like, Shohei Otani is that. Just – he draws everybody in. And he's, he has much – he's such a goofy dude, too. Like, he's making faces and, like, he's laughing and, and doing stupid things. Like, I, he and he's such a humble guy, too. I remember – he like someone lined like hit a line drive right back back at him at the pitcher's mound. He like popped it up in the air like out of reactions so we didn't get hit, and then like ran it down and like basket catched it. And then he went up to the guy and apologized for like showing off too much. Like the dude's just an absolute animal, and he doesn't have any stop in him. And I hope this continues the rest of the year because he is my number three most electrifying and entertaining athletes today all right i mean i I, i'm definitely not gonna disagree with you he's definitely up there i'm not personally as big as a fan of him as you are i also haven't followed him as closely as you have but i don't think he my number three pick is gonna be on either your list and i don't think he'd be on most people's lists i'm gonna take the wagon that is vladimir guerrero jr If you watch this guy hit, he is one of the best power hitters I've seen in a very long time. This man, it's bomb after bomb after bomb. And he hits moonshots, but also he hits line drives. Like, I went to the Red Sox game last week. Yes, they lost 18-4. But... Oh, you were at that game? I was. And it was honestly, it was so much fun. Just because, like, it was that over in the first inning. So, he took a lower middle-in pitch opposite way and put it into right center field over the bullpen in Fenway Park, which most left-handed hitters can't do, never mind a righty. And so, the fact that this guy, I believe he's won a home run derby, if not two. No, he he, um, he and Alonzo had that super, like, they oh, yes. 30 home runs. Like, they had, like, three tiebreaker rounds. He lost it. Alonzo ended up winning, but he probably should have won. He hit the most home runs in that yeah. derby, but didn't win it. Yeah. All right. So 
he really – that's like a Zach Levine-Aaron Gordon dunk contest where, like, there should have been two winners. So, but like, so I'm going to count it as a win for him. He basically has one win, a one whatever victory. And personally, I've also seen him hit in person at two different times now. I was in Baltimore when the Blue Jays were there, and I saw him in batting practice. So batting practice is probably like 60-mile-an-hour pitch, like softballs to them. And he put four in the double deck in batting practice. Never mind all the other shots and hard line drives he, do- he has elsewhere. And he had another one, maybe two home runs during the game. He hits the velocity that he hits the bat. He hits a ball with is insane. So I, I have to take Vladdy. He's honestly, he's probably one of my favorite baseball players league wide right now. Alex, you're number three. You know what? I'm going to put uh, Tom Brady there. I uh, was thinking about putting him uh, up higher, uh, and I wanted to put him up higher, but I think I think right now I think uh, Tom Brady, uh, you know, it's just – he's just insane. He's just the GOAT. There's nothing more to it. I can't argue with that. So, for my number two, you guys better have the greatest athlete on the planet on this list as well and i have her number two it's simone biles wow i did not even oh yeah i was about that. to say and yeah honestly i was watching yeah. her, one of her routines and that's what sparked me dming you guys about this topic because simone biles and you don't everyone watches the olympics even if you don't like sports you mm-hmm. tune in at least a little bit and for someone who has probably the least pliable body in the history of humankind, like I can barely mm-hmm. touch my toes without cracking every, you know, section of my legs. What she does makes me feel more bad about myself than any other athlete ever has. Mm-hmm. And that makes her absolutely like, like she's literally running, jumping, and then doing seven flips in the air. Like what she does yeah. is so, like, I can't tell you what she does because we've all seen it. We've all seen yeah. how ridiculous she is. And it doesn't mm-hmm. compute really how a human can do that. So I'm going to assume that she's just not even human. I mean, mm-hmm. she's going to captivate the world again in these in the Tokyo Olympics. She's going to win every medal. She's going to retire as one of the most decorated athletes in the history of ever. I mean, we talk about how insane Michael Phelps was at his peak. Like this is, she's on that level of how like she's just better than everybody else on the planet at doing this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's kind of crazy to have her number two, but I have a number two just because you don't, you only see really hear from her once every four years, which is a shame. And, you know, gymnastics is, I guess, growing a little bit uh, over the summer. I forget her name and I feel bad uh, But the UCLA gymnast who had like back to back perfect 10, uh, four routines that made um, all, I want to get her name. UCLA gymnast. Um, Caitlin Ohashi. That's her name. Um, mm-hmm. She was absolutely stunning, and her floor routines were filthy. And they made ESPN. And I saw them on Twitter, and they blew me away. But Simone Biles, like that, was like a regular Tuesday afternoon for her, and she's gonna absolutely electrify these Tokyo Olympics. And she's my number two most exciting athlete today. 
I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I just, yeah, I just had to, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Pat, but it, I just had to say, I, I was literally in my head duking it out between Simone and Tom Brady, and I didn't feel right putting Tom over her, and that's uh, Tom, yeah, my number two is also Simone, um, and also, I think she actually, I think she is going to be my number one, but no, she's my number two right now, if I can think of anyone else, to be one. yeah, yeah, go on, Pat. Honestly, like when we were, when I was making this list, I was thinking of like the core four sports. I really, for the most part, I know I picked Tiger Woods, but like he came to me like in the moment. I wasn't even thinking of the Olympics. That is a fantastic pick by both of you. I wasn't even thinking in that realm because honestly, I don't really pay attention to the Olympic stuff until like they're happening. But I mean, that she is, she is electrifying. I mean, honestly, how many medals do you guys think she's going to walk home with? In Tokyo, how many medals can she get? Because that many, I right. yeah, I, right, like yeah. that. That's, I agree. All right, so let I don't know how many events she's in. Let's say she's in ten um, events. You she'll think- get twelve gold medals if she's in ten events. She'll get twelve gold medals. Like that's how insane yeah. she. Like yeah. I have no knowledge yeah. of gymnastics yeah. other than it looks cool. Yeah. Like, I didn't have many gymnastic friends. Like, i never been to a meet. Like, I've seen them on TV in the past few Olympics. Like, remember, what, 20, 2012 with Ali Raisman, Gabby Douglas? Yep, Fab Five. Yeah. Like, uh, they were good looking, and that made me want to watch them. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're, like, ridiculous athletes. They were. Uh, they were. I so mean, I- a little a dose of misogyny, I guess, you know. <laughs> Cancel <laughs> on that comment from 2012, but – <laughs> they're ridiculous and Simone Biles would blow them away. It would. Simone Biles would like they would like if the US had to pick between sending Simone Biles to go and then those five, they'd just send Simone and just go just do it. Yeah, yeah no, she is. She she's an absolute powerhouse. She is but do you really think if she went into ten events, do you really think that she would get gold in all ten? Oh, she's that ridiculous. I mean, again, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not like no an question. aficionado. No question. See, not, I, would, I would say, great. I would say, I would say like eight, maybe. But I, I don't know if she would get them in all because you have some people who just specialize in certain events. So, but no, she is. She's a beast. She is one of the most dominant athletes in her game that we've seen in a long, long time. But um, that was your second. That was your second pick, right? That was your number two. Yeah. Number two I'm gonna go. I have to take McJesus. Connor McDavid, we all know the name. More people should know the name. But this guy, he I mean, this year in he so the NHL average, it, like you have a very, very like MVP type year if you average a point a game. This year, Connor McDavid with trash as teammates around him, averaged two points per game. Doubled Anyone else by far in a shortened season with a shortened off season and everything else. The, and he's the fastest guy on skates. I talked about how McKinnon can fly. McDavid would burn him in a second. Uh, it's crazy to see what he can do. His goals are ridiculous. He can score from anywhere. He's the best player in the league. You can make the argument that he's the most dominant across sports. He is just absurd. I know I'm the hockey guy here, but I, I have to take on McDavid. If you just watch his highlights, especially that like all-star weekends and whatnot, 
your mind will be blown. It's kind of crazy how you have McDavid too, honestly. You think that's high or low? <laughs> I have McDavid number one. I think really? David is the most electrifying athlete in all of sports today. And me and my, me and my buddy, like, again, I'm not a huge hockey guy. I watched during, I watched the Bruins during, I watch every Bruin game during the playoffs. I feel like I have a, a, a general understanding of hockey. I know what makes a good play, a bad play. I, I understand the game enough where I, I won't sound like too much of an idiot to the common fan. But Connor McDavid blows my mind. My buddy sends me his highlights all the time when they, you know, call on the NHL Twitter. And I just, I get, I just, the talent didn't happen. Like, that's not real. Yeah. Like, that didn't exist. Like, he, like, how fast he is, some of his goals are just, like, physically impossible to happen. So he he'll he be behind, he'll be behind the net and just, like, flick it behind his head and into, like, the corner pocket on, like, the opposite side. Like, and that's not, like, an exaggeration. I think I actually saw him do that once. And it just blows my mind how, Especially everyone's like, well, he plays hockey. No one cares about hockey. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, and that's a shame. Because if Connor McDavid was even, like, half advertised, like, the way he should be, a lot more people would watch hockey, I think. Oh, yeah. He's – me and my buddy have had this conversation, and I've had this take for at least over a year, where I think he is the most electrifying, entertaining athlete – yeah. I at home, if you don't believe me, I just just type in Connor McDavid highlights and watch. And you don't have to understand hockey to know that what he's doing shouldn't be allowed. And you shouldn't you don't have to know hockey to know what he's doing is absolutely utterly incredible. And if you've watched a hockey game or two and you have never seen Edmonton play, you've never seen Connor McDavid play, and you've never seen like if you watched a hockey game with your boyfriend one time because he wanted to. If you watch McDavid, you'll realize that everything else you've ever seen, it doesn't compete with what he does. I just want to put, like, his speed into, like, I just want to sum it up for the most part. The amount of times I've seen this guy, he'll pick up the puck somewhere like the neutral zone or whatnot. So he doesn't have that much of, like, a ramp to, like, accelerating it going. And he will go around defensemen like they're a cone, like a literal cone. And I'm not talking about, like, Zidane Char, who's, like, a 70-year-old statue anymore. I'm talking about, like, young, fit, quick defensemen who, like, are more – who are quicker and better in the modern game. And he just goes right around them. He'll dangle around them, do whatever, and then he'll do some ridiculous move in front of the goalie and make the goalie look stupid. He makes him – they make – Goalies look like dummies in front of them. Honestly, Cody, I didn't even think either of you guys would have him on your list. Never mind having him at number one. I mean, I, that I'm very happy that you too. I think he is. He should be marketed more. Conor McDavid should be a household name. It's a shame that he's not. All right, so Alex, you're number one guy. No, did I have to do two? That that was. Oh, was oh Biles. Yeah, Biles. My bad. Yeah, so Alex, you're uh, Yeah, no, number one's Justin Herbert. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's all I need to say. Justin. He's he's the next greatest of all time, and that's just set in stone. There's just Alex, no other question. If I remember correctly. It. There's no argument to it. I know Justin Herbert. 
Justin Herbert is going. Yeah, my Twitter receipts do not speak of what Should I, I bring feel. Up the Twitter receipts. No, my Twitter receipts are are are. I literally say in one of my tweets, I fucking hate Justin Herbert before his name was even called. Like I I I they were they were talking about the possibility of him becoming a Charger, and I was like, no, I I would rather uh, die than have uh, a quarterback of Oregon, much less uh, this frat head fuckhead uh uh frat boy fuckhead uh justin herbert and then here i am hearing him talk and but seeing him play so majestically and hearing him speak so gracefully and his hair just being so flowing and then he can cut it all off and still be just absolutely beautiful i mean his kind of stuff he walks and it's gold after it like he this man shits gold and uh and it reflects on the football field, and it's going to reflect moving forward. He's going to become the greatest of all time, uh, and he's going to become the greatest athlete of all time, I think, no question. So when we, when we drag Alex real quick on his Justin Herbert take, I'm, I, I'm an Alabama fan for college football, but I also really like Oregon, and I followed Justin Herbert's whole career. And I didn't really get why people were saying he was bad like coming into the draft. I thought he was good. And so – Saw two tapes. Saw two tapes. I watched every game he ever played. I thought he was okay. So <laughs> this guy, you know, it was like he had uh, 150 yards and two touchdowns through, his, through the half against the Buccaneers. And I said, I was told he'd suck. And Alex came in. Yes, it was by me, and I'm sticking to it. I wanted Jalen Hurts over J- he said to what Jalen or <laughs> I don't care I cannot have Herbert in LA and then during the draft someone went LMAO because they picked him and Alex said fuck this shit all get I cannot believe I am a Chargers fan I don't even need to watch the game and know about what went wrong and how good Herbert looked the team folds Cannot believe, cannot believe Eckler would have just won it had it not been a, been a second early. I put the blame on Herbert. He's dog shit. Chargers wow. will be a hey. team in the next five years. Wow. Hey, hey all that. Herbert is playing really well, and he goes, been saying the same thing about Rivers for years. Wow. And then puts him number one most excited. Wow. My my life was changed. My life was changed in those in those final those final four weeks of the season. Um, dude, caught you in four K, dude. That, that yeah, man. I mean, wow. You just got- I didn't even I didn't even try to cover that up. I didn't even try to cover it up. And you know what? It's because you know what? I, 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 hey, I we've all been ignorant. We've all been stupid. We've learned from our mistakes. Uh, I'm a better person. Now. I'm a smarter person now. And. uh I, uh, I, Justin Herbert is going to be greater than he's going, he might go for president and I'm going to vote for him. You know what? I respect you for owning it. I, I do, but wow. Cody really just did you dirty. That is. I did. I had to. Hey. Cause I, I, hey, hey, I knew he knew, I knew he knew, and I knew he was going to bring it up. And I, 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 hey. I had Herbert when when they came out. I had Burrow, Herbert, Tua in my in my draft, like in my rankings, mm. and that seems to be pretty correct as of you know their first season. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, so, I mean yeah. Herbert Herbert's definitely better than Burrow, but yeah, no, I agree. Well, Burrow also like died halfway through the season, but he yeah. I, well, did Burrow died yeah. in old line? Herbert is Herbert is going to be the next greatest of all time. That's just that's oh just, my god. So Pat, you're number one most exciting athlete that isn't Justin Herbert. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go on a limb. It's not Justin. It's not This. <laughs> He's one of the most valuable players in his game. He changes cultures. Everyone wishes that they had a guy like him. Chris Paul? When you trade him away, (laughs) you wish you had it back. It is Chris Paul. Absolutely not. Cody, you just ruined my bit, so thank you for that. But I honestly, I have to go with Chalk here. I'm taking Tatis. I know he was sixth on your list, Cody, sixth, seventh. This is his second year. Right, uh, it's his second full year. Full year. So this is his second full year. This man, in within two years, has taken over the spot as the face of baseball. When Mike Trout and Bryce Harper have been around for the last like ten years, he is the San Diego Padres have been relatively bad throughout my life, and I am almost twenty years old now. Um, <laughs> and within two years, like he changed that entire team around. They saw this kid coming up, and they said, "We are going to go all in as soon as he gets to the big leagues." And they signed guys like Hosmer and Machado and made trades for Darvish and Snell and whoever else. And they went all in because this kid is so exciting to watch. And whenever the kid does anything, it is on every social media going viral. Every time he hits a home run, it goes viral and the MLB blows it up. MLB finally is doing something right by marketing someone. And they're marketing him between him bringing like just the swag he has been like the long hair, the throwing sleeves, the the swag chain they get when they hit home runs, which never seems to leave his neck. I mean, the, the man is one of the most exciting people, one of the most polarizing people across sports. So as much as I want to put like McDavid, McKinnon, and all these guys at, at the top, I have to go with Tatis simply because like the way he has cha- like brought attention to the game within two years, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, no, I understand your point. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I had an honorable mention, you know, the face of MLB The Show 21, best sports game on the market. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think all our lists are, are unique and right. Uh, and I don't know, Herbert, number one, yeah. thinks a little, a tad biased, maybe. I'm not sure about um, that. Almost like uh, me. It's not, it's just, it's just factual. It's just factual. Well, yeah, exactly. with debating Simone Biles and Tom Brady two three just to put Justin Herbert number one. Yeah, no, I I was wondering in my head. I was thinking in my head too. I was like, why was I arguing that in my head? Like that should be an argument for like one and two. And I was like, oh no, because my number one was set in stone. Obviously, that's because it's the Herbie, the Herb Meister, the Herb God. The herb god. This man has eleven herbs and spices. Like, doesn't have a one. That's Kwame Brown. Like, that's the Kwame Brown pick. Uh, <laughs> he's great and all, but like, of all the athletes, I can't. I can't get behind him as number one. This this man. Kwame Brown be my number two. Yeah, well, I mean, Kwame Brown would be my number two if he was still playing. So, I mean, I mean have you seen his IG lies lately? That's pretty entertaining. I'd have to say one. Oh, he's the goat. Oh, he's the goat. 
So I think that's gonna do it for this episode, huh, boys? Yeah, it was a yes, quicker, it was a quicker episode this week, but go to me. Yeah, quicker. It still went almost an hour. But thank you guys for sitting at home or in their car or wherever you are listening to this or watching this. However, you're consuming uh, this insanely good product. Um, thank you, uh, number one. Thank you so much. Make sure to follow our Twitter, like we said at the top of the show, at Hustle Sports Pod. Um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're getting uh, listening uh, from uh, this from, make sure to send it to friends, family, uh, your friends, family, your family's friends. Um, spread the word, get as much listeners. Again, more interaction we get, the more fun we can have. Like I'm having a blast doing it, but if we get a lot, of, lot more interaction on the polls and, and the questions you put on Twitter, I think we can incorporate some of your guys' takes as well. And who knows, maybe we'll have someone on the podcast uh, pretty soon as an extra guest. So from Alex and Pat, I'm Cody. We want to thank you all uh, for tuning in with us, hanging out with us, and we'll see you later on in the week for episode number two of this week.